Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. It's a Thursday here on the Blogging the Boys podcast network, and that means it's time to get riled up on the Cowboys with my man Tom Rao and your boy Roy White. You can follow him at Tom Rao BTB, and you can follow me at RW3 there on the Twitter spur. We'll, we'll love to interact with you if you're engaging at all, and we'll love to hear you on the bloggingtheboys.com website. Get involved, get interacting, and we would love to chat with you, get your thoughts. Cowboys get ready to play the Jets in a highly anticipated matchup, Tom. Well, at least it was highly anticipated until Monday night came about. And, of course, right, it's not breaking news at this point, but if you're living under a rock, Aaron Rodgers done for the season, torn Achilles, and that takes – Quite a bit of luster out of this matchup between the Cowboys and Jets. But, Tom, in my opinion, it's because of that injury that the Cowboys need to be on extra high alert as they head into this weekend because this Jets team, right, it got better on paper outside of Aaron Rodgers. They improved their wide receiving core depth. They got better on their defensive side of the ball. And this was a defense that last season ranked fourth in the NFL in total defense, uh, fourth in points scored, and second in points allowed per play, right, EPA per play. So this is still a devastatingly talented defense. And I think they got better this offseason, Tom. That's why I think the Cowboys really need to stay focused and not let the distraction of the Aaron Rodgers news take over this matchup and and their focus. Yeah. The words trap game do come floating into your mind, don't they? Um, I mean, the the Jets beat the Buffalo Bills in overtime, even after Rodgers went down. So not only are they maybe more talented, but they showed some admirable toughness in doing that, Uh, some resilience. Josh Allen apparently had a bad game and he made some mistakes, which opened the door for the Jets to pull out an unexpected win at that point. Um, yeah, the Cowboys have to be aware of all this. Uh, and and it's a much better defense, which uh, I think on that side of the ball, when the Cowboys offense is on the field, we're going to get a much better read on what they are. Uh, defensively, I, you know, I don't think the Jets have a great offensive line. Uh, Zach Wilson, you know, kudos for him for helping his team pull out the win. But that's just not the same. I mean, Rodgers going out is one of those, you know, icky mixed emotion kind of things because you it's terrible to see a guy who's, you know, got his ticket punched for the Hall of Fame, I think. 
possibly in this career like that, uh, you know, it's going to be a long and grueling recovery if he decides to come back and, and try to, to go again. But it really isn't all that bad from the win-loss perspective for the Cowboys to not be facing their perennial nemesis, the guy that ended their playoff dream so many times. And, you know, you do feel sorry for the Jets because they put a lot of draft capital and money into Rodgers, so they're not going to have to work their way around that. But I keep I keep thinking about yeah, the Cowboys. This is not the Cowboys teams of old, I don't think, but I remember a guy named Matt Flynn. Uh, the Cowboys were up 26-3, to three and Flynn led – the Green Bay Packers to five consecutive touchdowns to pull out that win. And thank you to the Atlanta Falcons for making 28 to three, a far more notorious score than that 26 to three one was. Uh, but you know, Dan Quinn remembers exactly what happened and he's going to be doing everything he can to make sure that the Jets don't have a chance to do to the Cowboys, what the New England Patriots did to his Falcons. So that's where we'll start then is obviously we saw a lot of good with the Cowboys in their win over the Giants. A lot of good on the defensive side of the ball. Not a lot of great on the offensive side of the ball. Granted, Tom, they didn't need it. And that's kind of where I want to start with this matchup against the Jets. The first thing you and I are probably going to be looking for and every Cowboys fan is going to be looking for as we're just waiting to get an idea of what this offense can truly be, right? What is the Texas Coast offense and what does it truly represent? I, I think we got a taste of that this past game. It's quick throws. It's quick decision-making from Dak Prescott. It's not a lot of risk, which I think is a smart way to play it, given the quality of their defense and what we saw. Like, going into this game – it's hard for me to imagine the Jets winning, even through miraculous circumstances. It's hard to imagine them winning in a situation where that doesn't involve multiple mistakes from the Cowboys, whether that's on special teams or turning the ball over. Yeah, you mentioned the, the quick throws, the quick decision-making. I saw on Twitter, I don't remember the exact number, but Prescott got the ball out an average of like 2.1 seconds by far the fastest in the NFL over the first weekend. So I think that is going to be an integral part of it. Uh, it looks like he's getting the quick reads he needs to be effective. And this offense still put up 27 points on the Giants. Now, admittedly, I think the Giants got demoralized by that sequence early in, through the first quarter. They wound up down 16 to nothing before the second quarter even started. Uh, they had, you know, they had the shock of first. It really started, I think, with that botched snap. And I'm sorry about the dogs. I can't get them to be quiet. <laughs> I'll give you a but, break here in a second. Yeah, but the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the offense still got the 27 points, even though, like I said, the Giants, you know, they had the they had the botch snap, the block field goal for a touchdown. Dallas goes down, puts up three more points, and and then you know, Deron Bland gets the pick and goes in for the touchdown. 
so I think they may have been a little bit rattled right off the bat. Still, 27 points will win you a lot of games in the National Football League. And they scored on five of seven possessions at one point before they really kind of shut it down at the end of the game, brought uh, Cooper Rush in to get Dak off the field. I mean, I get the points, and, like, I know they didn't need a lot, right? I know they didn't need a lot, but we can't say that was an impressive performance by the offense. They put up 270 yards total as an offense. Like, as nice and efficient as it was, and, look, again, we didn't need it, right? And I'm fine with that. I'm more than happy with that version of a Cowboys team because I think you can rely on it more often, right? The defense comes to play every single week and will keep you in a game even when you don't do much on offense. But I don't think we can sit back, Tom, and say after that first week that any of us were excited or encouraged even by what we saw there. Do you disagree? Like, were you encouraged by that? I was not discouraged. I mean, I I, okay. I can I can see Mike McCarthy going – it's raining. We're already up by two scores. And why, you know, it, we're, it's working. Let's just see if we can stay conservative, protect the ball, not make any mistakes in the weather. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony Pollard and Rico Dowdle looked okay. They just, you know, didn't have to have a whole lot from him. You know, uh, Tony Pollard, I think, had 14 carries and got 70 yards. That's five yards a carry. You'll take that just almost any day. Uh, and we saw a wrinkle with Cavante Turpin towards the end of the game when they went ahead and rolled him out as the new change of pace back. I mean, what an interesting role for the guy. He was still out on uh, on running routes, too. He had three targets, caught two passes. But, you know, he scored his first touchdown running out of the backfield. That, that to me, is something that's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, you know, we didn't see Deuce Vaughn do a whole lot because I think they decided, okay, let's just keep that under wraps for a while. Uh, and there's just the element to me of this, you know, playing a little psychological warfare. McCarthy may have decided, okay, I'm going to keep a whole lot more in my in my bag and not show what, what I've got yet. Uh, just because we've got some... M- teams that we think are going to be much better coming um you know and if the defense and special teams are anything like they were on sunday night i think the cowboys are going to be able to handle almost anyone even if the offense isn't really what we were truly hoping for and remember it's still early in the season defenses tend to be ahead of the game at this point let's see how they mature and everything uh you know I know we don't want to overlook anyone, but if you look at the schedule, their first real test may not be until week five now when they face the San Francisco 49ers. Well, I'll say I think the Jets defense pose a very good test for the Cowboys offense, but I don't think it's a test that they need to ace because of the differential between their defense and the Jets offense, right? That is so stark and so vast that the Cowboys offense, in terms of what they'll need to do to win this game, I think a very similar performance to what they did against the Giants will win them this football game, Tom. 
a conservative approach with a touchdown or two on the ground. Perhaps they don't get a defensive score, but if they get if they win the turnover battle, they don't turn the ball over to any degree and they get one or two of their own. There's not a scenario I could see where that happens and the Cowboys don't win this football game because the Jets don't have the weaponry to keep up if the Cowboys are going to put 25 or 30 on the board. At least I don't believe that they do. Garrett Wilson, fine player. Brees Hall, watch out, right? Good test for the Cowboys' run defense coming up if they give him a few touches because he looked explosive, Tom. He looked special coming off of his ACL injury. But outside of those guys, there's not a lot that excites you, and you definitely feel like the Cowboys have the advantage with their defensive line against the Jets' offensive line. So I don't think Dak Prescott, like, you're as you said, we're not – there's going to be a lot of back and forth about Dak Prescott in the early goings of the season, I think, because he's not going to have to produce a lot. They will – probably have some success. And so what is everybody going to do, Tom? We can already see the narrative going on the cry on, on ESPN right at the bottom, right? Cowboys win despite Dak Prescott performance, right? Cowboys win in spite of Dak Prescott performance. Yeah. Well, but I'm okay with that. We'll, we'll have to see if that even eventuates. And as you posited the question, could this defense get even better? And there are reasons to think they will. Uh, you know, it was just the first game. I think some of their their coordination and everything is just going to get better with live NFL action. And this was the first starts for Stefan Gilmore and Juan A. Thomas in Cowboys uniforms. Both had really good games. Uh, you know, Gilmore got a got a pick. Uh a, a very athletic pick, just plucking it inches off the, the turf on a on a ball that I've got no idea what Jan, Daniel Jones was thinking when he threw that that one. Uh, it was also the first significant playing time for Marquise Bell, and he looked good. Uh, Donovan Wilson and Jordan Lewis were both inactive. Uh, Lewis, they just held out. He's not even on the injury report. Uh, Donovan Wilson, according to Mike McCarthy, is looking a little bit further along and maybe coming out. And I think this is this is just going to get better. And they, yeah. And Micah Parsons was Micah Parsons. Yeah, he only got credited with one sack, but he needs like assists on probably about three or four of the others because he would get back there and and uh, Jones would just he would just run from him and right into the arms of somebody else sometimes. Um, I think this is – if this defense gets better than we saw on Sunday, the rest of the league probably is having a little bit of nerves. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs – can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. 
It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Well, if you remember last year, you and I were doing a bit of a game-to-game sack watch because at the time, through about seven or eight weeks, the Cowboys were on pace and within striking distance of the all-time regular season sack record set, I think by the Bears in 85. I can't remember exactly the year or the team. But I remember us discussing the statistic, and then unfortunately, as the season went on, they did kind of fall off track. They had a couple games where they had two sacks or three sacks or even one, and that completely left them out of the pace. Do you think that this team could challenge for that sack record again throughout the entire season this year? Because I kind of think, I mean, with the way that the depth – can come at you from this defensive line if they stay healthy. Of course, the caveat that comes with nearly any projection or prediction in the NFL, I, I think they absolutely can. Tom, Micah Parsons said it this week. He thinks this is going to be the uh, one of the best defensive units that the NFL has seen in the last several decades. And they're able to rest the starters. I mean, Dorrance Armstrong had two sacks. And he's not the starter. Uh, you know, Mike, I think, led all the uh, non-secondary defensive players, uh, or at least all the guys on the defensive line. And he only, I think, had 59% of the snaps. So he was getting breathers. And, uh, you know, uh, D-Law was, had a good game. And it's just – and they're not having to work so hard. That's, that's pretty remarkable in my eyes. Well, it's a testament to the defense that Dan Quinn has built, the players that he's assembled to be a part of it. And it looks like we can only go up from here. Now, you know, granted, like this is kind of somewhat overreactionary, perhaps on our part, only because we don't know yet how good the Giants are relative to the rest of the NFL. We think they're amongst playoff contenders, or some may think that. Some others may think that, hey, last year was a fluke. The Giants won a lot of close games, and regression to the mean suggests that they're not even a playoff team in 2023. I tend to lean more on that side, Tom, that the Giants will not be a legitimate team going forward. Having said that, the Cowboys took care of business. They smacked them to pieces, as they seemingly have always done in the Dak Prescott era. 
And it's probably high time we should consider that if Dak Prescott's playing the Cowboys, he's uh, playing the Giants, he's going to beat them until proven otherwise. That's pretty much a given. However he's going to do it or however his team is going to do it. Yeah, and that's one of the uh, the hazards of trying to draw too many conclusions after the first game is that you don't really know what your opponent is. I mean, are the Bills going to have a problem? Is, you know, suddenly do they – has Josh Allen fallen off unexpectedly? Yeah. Um, you know, are – are the Lions really that good? Or did the, the Kansas City Chiefs suddenly finding out that maybe they let go of too many of their offensive weapons for Patrick Mahomes to still be able to keep keep them rolling? We just don't know. We won't really have a, a good view of that probably until the Cowboys get through that first four-game stretch. Then we'll things will start to kind of fall into place. We'll have a better idea of the, the teams coming in and what they're facing, and we can start making more logical assumptions. Right now, these are more guesses sometimes than anything else. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Uh, but all we can do, right, is use the information we have, try to make educated opinions and suggestions about what we think may take place going forward. Speaking of... Uh, the Cowboys, somewhat surprisingly, in my mind, were without one of their starting offensive linemen this past weekend, but we didn't really see much of a drop-off there. So as we go into this game against the Jets, and what I believe is a much more talented defensive line led by Quinnen Williams, who last year had 12 sacks, uh, I think that this is a much truer test for this offensive line if Tyler Smith is unable to go again after missing Sunday's game against the Giants. And let's give some credit to Chuma Adoga. When he was signed, nobody thought, it's like, ah, he's just some kind of insurance policy in case they come out of the draft empty and all that stuff. Well, what do we always do, right? We go, he could be a depth piece, he could be something, or he could be who, like Mackenzie Bernardo, right? Yeah. He, he could be a guy that gets cut before. And we really don't know simply just because, in most cases – People aren't watching offensive line play, and even other times it's difficult to evaluate guys who are on bad teams or in bad situations. Yeah, but even with him playing, uh, Pro Football Focus said that the Cowboys had the best offensive line performance in the entire NFL. Uh, And even considering the, the Giants, who have some pretty good interior defensive linemen, and they handled them fairly well they didn't give up a sack part of that was Dak Prescott getting the ball out fast and protecting things uh but you know like I said uh, uh excuse me my, my mind just went totally blah 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 there for a second uh even with Tony even with that Tony Pollard still had good a good rushing average uh, it, it didn't look like Rico Dowdle was was doing too badly when he went into spell Pollard. Um, Cowboys so, averaged over four per carry as a team, so yeah, no real drop that, off there. And that was with Deuce Vaughn averaging one point three per on his six carries. Yeah, and uh, you know they they even managed to get the other backups Bass, Richards, and Hoffman out there for some snaps, which is going to help improve 
their performance, I think, as time goes on, it makes them better at the backup business. Um, you know, according to ESPN's analysis, which has some very different takes from PFFs, uh, New York is kind of mediocre rushing the passer, but they're seventh overall stopping the run. So we may really get a look at how the the, the Texas coast can do uh, in the, the passing game. Um, and ESPN says the Cowboys are poor in pass blocking and just mediocre in run blocking, which, okay, you know, which site do you believe? And that's another thing that right now different metrics can tell you different things about what's going on. Um, you know, but I think we should not sleep on this particular matchup, the the, the Cowboys offensive line against the, the defense of the Jets. And that may have a lot to do with how things turn out. Uh, you know, we're certainly going to find out in a hurry, I think. Without question. And that's, to me, where I think the the game really lies, right, is if the Jets can do enough to disrupt the Cowboys offensively, whether that's Sauce Gardner on the outside, you know, disrupting C.D. Lamb. And quite honestly, you know, we'll have to see what these other secondary pass catchers and pieces are capable of with Brandon Cooks dealing with a knee injury. Of course, they do expect him to be able to play. They're saying it's just a maintenance issue that they had maintained while he was in Houston. That's all well and good, Tom, but – he and Michael Gallup combined for three catches in that first game. Granted, they didn't need it. Again, keep going back to that. They didn't need it. So perhaps it can all be thrown out the window. Yeah. But, and they only had they only had six targets, too. Yes. They weren't getting thrown the ball out a lot. Bingo. Um, but if CD Lamb's gonna get a lot of the sauce gardener treatment, these two guys are gonna need to come up and particularly perhaps one guy who came up very little, maybe the only down Cowboys player from week one. And that brings us to, of course, the tight end position. Seven targets in this game, Tom. Jake Ferguson was a big part of the Cowboys game plan, but in the end, just two catches for 11 yards. What is the impact or what is the expectation? What do we want to see from Jake Ferguson there as we go into week two? Yeah, uh, he definitely needs to improve that. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, now, one of our one of our our readers, uh, one of the fans that that is signed this was in, so a, great. Thank you for yeah, his, that. His, and I want to say his he, he goes by Red Sox U five seven one. He detailed all the P, the PFF grades, and he he said that even though. Ferguson looked bad. He had two drops, which is not good. Wet ball, maybe that's it. Maybe he just is not good with when the ball is slippery. But um, he said that Ferguson had a pretty decent grade overall with PFF because he was great in run blocking and pretty good when he was doing pass blocking. And they consider that as part of a tight end's job, uh, a big part of it. So, you know, he did very well. Um, you know, uh, they had his run blocking grade is 88.3, which is very high if you, you look at how PFS grades things. Um, so you got that caveat about the weather that maybe that's valid, but 
C.D. Lamb had four targets and four catches. You know, the rain didn't bother him. Uh, I don't know if it did any of the other people. Uh, my feeling is that on Ferguson, we really have to reserve judgment to see what happens when he's playing under the roof in AT&T Stadium, as he will be this week. Uh, if he's still having trouble catching balls, then yeah, the Cowboys have a tight end issue because a West Coast-style offense uses the tight end a lot. That's just baked into it. And if he can't catch the ball, are they going to have to give Peyton Hendershot a shot? Are they going to have to get Lou Schoonmaker more snaps to see if they can find something there? Um, you know, it's just he, it's just got to – it's going to have to improve or there's going to have to be some real adjustments made by Mike McCarthy and crew. That will be a fascinating chess piece. How do the Cowboys utilize Jake Ferguson in this matchup? What you know, in what way will they be trying to, you know, make him a part of this this offense in this week? Or will he be a major part of the package? Perhaps it won't be as focused on Jake Ferguson. Perhaps this is the week where they try to utilize the Cavante Turpin or the Deuce Vaughn packages that we are clamoring for, I admit. Uh, I'm <laughs> salivating at the idea of seeing a few more wrinkles involving those two players just because of everything we heard from training camp, from the guys who were playing against them, saying how elusive, how electrifying they were there in and, training camp. But, hey, if anything, if we learned anything from week one, Tom, I think the fairest thing we can say is that we learned absolutely nothing from training camp and the preseason, right, specifically because – I mean, Kenny Pickett and the Steelers were all the talk of the town. They got blasted. Geno Smith and the Seahawks, the upstarts, they lose to the Los Angeles Rams. As you mentioned earlier, the Detroit Lions upset the Chiefs there on opening night. And on and on the list goes, it seems, of games that came up as unpredictable and certainly didn't appear to be going or trending in that direction based on preseason results. Yeah, and – yeah, you, you really can't – you have to throw out preseason results because it's preseason. Teams, teams approach those games entirely differently. For the Cowboys, it was strictly about getting the, the depth players run on the field and seeing what they had, doing evaluations. Uh, they, you know, the starters uh, did not play in preseason, and yet that all worked out fine. Other teams – do use the starters to get them ready. And some teams that don't play their starters really stumble the first game or two because the starters are still getting their legs under them. Cowboys did not have that problem. Uh, the, I, don't, I think the Cowboys also didn't pass as much as we're going to see them on a dry field. Just, you know, that was just the weather. And they didn't need to. They were ahead the entire game. They, you know ahead a lot most of the game so why why throw it because that increases your risk of a turnover there's the old saying about you throw throw the ball and there's three possible outcomes two of them are bad the mm. you can get a completion the good one or you can have an incompletion or an interception those are the two bad ones uh maybe that was just a little bit in the back of Mike McCarthy's mind. Why risk it when there's no reason to risk it? Uh, by, you know, the second, 
quarter, all the Cowboys had to do was figure out how to burn up the clock because the Giants weren't going anywhere offensively. Mm -hmm. They had been forced into throwing a lot for uh, to try to catch up, and that just is red meat for Dan Quinn's defense. Well, the factors that may play into that passing game then ain't going to be any weather there on Sunday. As you know, they're playing at AT&T Stadium. Jerry, I expect to probably have the roof open, Tom, because the forecast is 88 degrees and sunny. Therefore, the 325 kick at AT&T Stadium in Arlington. So expect, in my opinion, the roof to be open, the weather to be very nice. And then, of course, at some point around 536 o'clock, <laughs> what are we going to get? We're going to get those nice little streaks of light across the the stadium floor uh, that we will all complain about, of course, because the curtains, while they are there, are never in use on Sundays and Mondays and Thursday nights when the Cowboys are playing. So I, um, you have to you have to think that Jerry believes in his his uh, avaricious little heart that that's an advantage for the Cowboys because they're used to dealing with it. I, I never, think... Tom. I can't think. I, I, I'm so glad you said that because I can't think of one one example that it's benefited the Cowboys. I can think of multiple examples where it screwed them. Patrick Creighton, Miles Austin. I can think of multiple examples where it's hurt their ability to win a football game. I can't think of many, if any, where it's helped them. Am I crazy? Yeah, it, it may just be a little bias because the 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 entire Dallas media is kind of torqued about it too. Well, um, I mean, I'm not saying it's not happened, but I do think if it had happened, like it would be referenced all the time anytime anybody complained about it. Yeah. Someone would think. say, Oh, but remember the time the Cowboys won the game because Daniel Jones couldn't see where he was throwing and he threw the ball into the light, or the receiver lost it on the opponent side of the ball i just if i'm crazy and this is why hey if you're listening you made it this far hit me up at rw3 if you have an example of when that has happened because i'd love to hear it tom i can't i still can't think of what i'm rattling my brain can't think yeah I, I offhand i can't either i i do know there have been times when clearly they said look like the cowboy receiver lost the ball in the sun when the cowboys are playing with the sun to their back um yeah uh, i it, it drives me crazy uh you know i keep hoping that they're finally i, I almost wish the league would step in and say hey you got to put those curtains up but i don't think that's going to happen and it's just something you have to live with if you're a fan of the dallas cowboys but let's just Let's just end on a positive note. They're 1-0. I know there were some people that were a little nervous about how it all was going to turn out the first game of the season. Uh, you know, those, those fears have been put completely to rest. Now they've got the opportunity to, to get on a nice little run here and build up a little cushion uh, for making it into the playoffs. Uh, and it all starts with the Jets. And I think the Jets game is a very winnable game. I'm like you. I don't want them to fall prey to a trap. But, you know, I'm looking forward to this game. I think the Cowboys are probably going to win by a couple of scores. And, you know, then we'll just be on to the next one. And hopefully we'll have more to celebrate when we come back next week.
Give me the Cowboys 24 to 13 in this one. I do think they win fairly comfortably, but the defense takes it into their own hands. The offense doesn't look too high-powered against the Jets' defense. And we walk out of there with a victory. Tom, any predictions? Yeah, yeah I'm thinking more like 34-20. Mm-hmm. Love it. Cowboys, Jets, 325 on Sunday. Make sure you subscribe right now to the YouTube channel. Go to YouTube.com. Check out Blog and the Boys. Make sure you subscribe to the channel because we will have all the pre- and post-game reaction as well as halftime reactions as we go during that game as well. So make sure you get involved in all that. We want to hear from you. Get involved in the conversation and hit Tom and I up at RW3 on Twitter. Hit him at TomRowBTV. But for Tom, I'm Roy. Y'all stay riled up on the Cowboys, and we will see you next Thursday. <laughs>